Welcome to the MWC Church Podcast. MWC Church is a place where you can belong, believe, and become the person God's created you to be. Thanks for joining us online. So excited that you're here. Um, I've been I've been really really praying about uh, th- this week. Um, I've I uh, did did a very bold move. If this is your first week here, la- last couple of weeks we've been in the Blessed Life series. We've been watching uh, Pastor Robert Morris simulcast uh, teaching uh, from from Texas and a pastor in Texas teaching on the, the the topic of finances, and it has been a blessing. If you've been blessed, can you like give the Lord a hand from what the Blessed Life series? I mean, I know I have. Um, but but I, I haven't been able to preach for the last couple of weeks, and uh, man, I've I have had like withdrawals. Like I, I I would go to my wife every morning after like my Bible devotion, I'm like Katie, look at what God's word is saying, and I'm just like going nuts, and like she's like, man, you haven't preached for a while. I'm like, yeah, obviously she's like, yeah, because you're preaching right now, so uh, you need to get back in the pulpit. So I, I'm su- I've been I've been missing this. I've been missing a just an, an opportunity to talk to everybody and and just share what the Lord has put on my heart. But before we jump into uh, Isaiah chapter 54, that's where our text is going to be from this morning. I, I really quickly want to share a testimony. Uh, the Bible tells us this, that, that we, the believers, the, the church, will overcome, overcome the, the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the, the work of Christ, the atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We will overcome the, the, the enemy by the work of Jesus. And then John, the, the, the revelator, gives us this word. He says, and through the word of their testimonies. We will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. And I want to just really quickly share, give testimony of what God has done through the Blessed Life series. This letter is from, uh, or this email came to me at like 1 a.m. I think it was sent out. It says here at 9.04, but I read it at 1 a.m. Friday. And uh, it's, it's from, uh, from, a, from my good friend, Jeff Harmon. Um, and, and I asked him, or actually he gave me permission to read this because he wants us all to hear how the Lord has been blessing. I mean, how many of you were just inspired by the stories that you heard in, in that series? Well, um, we have one of our own. Listen to this. Pastor, I'm sending this email to share with you what happened to Don and I. God has overwhelmed us with his blessing. But before I tell you what happened, let me go back to last year. I shared with you earlier last year about a huge tax bill we got hit with. And during that time, we had two wedding expenses. Ethan's car air conditioning went out, and we had made a financial pledge to the church renovation. I was frustrated and upset. I simply did not understand why this was happening. Nonetheless, we continued to be faithful in tithing as well as serving in the church. Months went by, and then in October, Dawn was blessed unexpectedly from her employer with a bonus large enough to pay our tax debt off, the remaining wedding expenses, and paid off our pledge. Wow. I wish I could say my faith was strong at first. Yeah, give God praise for that. I wish I could say my faith was strong at first, but it wasn't. However, my faith was renewed, and I had a new empowered determination to trust God in the future. Fast forward to now as we have finished the Blessed Life series, and it was amazing. Don and I are already faithful tithers, but it did give us some great biblical insight. This past Sunday, you proposed a challenge, the, the, the giving ladder challenge to, to us all to give an offering to the building renovation. I wanted to give something and, and had already prepared an amount to give before church that morning, but as I sat there in silence and in prayer, I felt God tell me to give a larger amount, six times more than I had planned that morning. Our budget did not have this money in it, but I did not hesitate, and I wrote the check. And I wept as I truly felt the presence of God, and in my heart I said, God, I trust you. Every day this week I simply prayed and said those words, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I started today just like every other day this week, but little did I know God was about to open up the windows of heaven. Today, Pastor, my employer unexpectedly raised my regular quarterly bonus, double the amount I gave in the offering. I will get that additional amount every quarter from now on. In addition, they said due to my hard work and efforts, they were giving me a one-time additional bonus, 10 times the amount I gave in the offering. Praise God. 
Pastor Don and I are blessed. We are not hurting financially, but this abundantly, uh, abundant blessing will allow us to sow again. Why? Because everything we have belongs to God, and he will always, always take care of us. God has taught me that lesson through this. Giving for us is not a matter of the heart. Instead, it was a matter of faith, and God wowed me. Feel free to read this to the church. I want them to hear this and know the principles of tithing work, and I dare anyone to test the Lord and see that he is good. Come on, can we praise God? Listen, you, you may be like where I was hearing a testimony like that, a little cynical, maybe like, oh, maybe, there's something happening in the background. Listen, friend, the enemy wants to steal everything the Lord wants to do in your life. You see, the reason why the Lord blesses us isn't so that we walk around and, 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 and drive a Bentley and, and have a Rolex. Like, like that, that, that's not the reason. The reason why he blesses us is so that we understand that everything comes from him, that he cares for us, that he prepares a blessing for us so that we can give him the glory, the praise, and that we could recognize his lordship and sovereignty over everything. God is good, friend. He wants to bless us, and all we have to do is trust him, to take a step out in faith, and that when he speaks that still small whisper of be faithful, be faithful, that when we walk out in obedience, he exceeds any faithfulness we've ever thought we could give him because he's faithful. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hey, it's Vision Sunday. I wore my suit coat this morning. I, I say that I only wear suit coats for um, weddings and funerals and then sometimes Christmas and then definitely on Easter, but I wore it today. Why? Because uh, I, I kind of got, I, I saw Robert Morris up there I'm like, man, he looked really good. Uh, maybe I should wear a suit coat. So uh, just to ease you guys back into like my, my skinny jeans and like lack of dressing up, I, I figured I, I'd go back softly back to the way I dress because man, uh, that guy, that guy's a handsome guy. Super tan, blonde hair. Wish I had a tan and blonde hair. Just kidding. I'm, I, I like my body. <laughs> Where am I going with this? Let's go ahead. Vision Sunday. I'm wearing a suit coat. Let's do this. Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever met anybody who, who celebrates the win before it happens? And then they end up losing. Have you ever, have you ever met anybody like that? Like, like maybe they're just a little cocky and, and uh, they, they start celebrating that, that they're about to win and they end up losing and you're just like, justice is served, right? How many of you love those moments when justice gets served, when someone is like, like preemptively celebrating and, and then they end up losing, right? Usually it's the bad guy in every sports story. They're just like making fun of or taunting the underdog and then the underdog, underdog comes back and wins. Well, um, I have a, a brother-in-law who, not, not Pastor Justin, some of you already think, I have a brother-in-law who is notorious for celebrating too soon. His, his celebration is premature. Before he, he's even won, he's already starting to celebrate. His name's Dwayne. Maybe some of you have met him. Dwayne, I, I love him, and he's probably going to listen to this podcast because I told him I was going to talk about him. Uh, but but Dwayne, Dwayne is the typical guy. Like, we'll be playing Mario Kart, right? And uh, uh, on, the, uh, on, the, on the, not the Wii, what's it called now, the, uh, the Switch. We'll be playing on the Switch, and, and he'll be like bragging about being in first place, and then out of nowhere, a blue turtle shell will come. Like, oh, I, yeah, I heard somebody... <laughs> Blue turtle shells are the worst, right? So a blue turtle shell comes and blows him up, and then, and then we just, like, beat him. Like, it's just a great feeling to beat the guy who's already gloating and just, like, dancing around. He sets the controller down. He's just going to coast to the finish line, and a blue turtle shell comes, like, celebrating too early and end, ends up losing. Well, this one time, uh, Dwayne and I, we, he, when he lived with us last summer for a, for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, um, we would go to the YMC every morning. We'd play basketball. And uh, this one morning in particular, um, the, they, they had just finished buffing the entire court. Now, when they, when they clean up a bowling alley, usually the floor is really slick, right? The alley is really slick. But whenever they, they buff and clean up a basketball court, it's the exact opposite. I mean, it's like running on duct tape. Like, it's, it's super sticky. Um, it, it's, it's shiny, and it seems like you'd be able to slide, but you can't slide in gym shoes. So it's constantly like... Like you're just like, there, there's, there's nothing but friction, right? So, so we're out there playing and we're just warming up with a game of 21 and, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not a range player. Like I got some good post up game. Like, like I'll post anybody. Like it's, it's really good, right? It's, trust me. Uh, so I'm posting Dwayne up and then he's like, I, the only thing I can do against you is, is like shoot from the perimeter, shoot from the outside, like shoot, shoot three. So Dwayne starts shooting threes and he's not the best three point shooter, but he just is like getting lucky and he's draining three after three after three. And I don't know if you know math, but three, is always better than two. So he takes the lead and he is just gloating 
and he's like, oh, I'm about to beat you, and we play make it, take it, so like, he just gets the ball back, and he shoots from the three, and even if I come up, like, he's just draining these ridiculous, these ridiculous shots, see, like, he's doing, like, like, the James Harden step back, and he's just like, Poof. Every single one was going in, and he's just celebrating. Uh, have you ever played basketball, and then just like you start saying the names of the player, like Kobe, right? Like you just like, he's doing this, and he's like draining them. So I'm getting frustrated, and I'm just trying to keep my cool, because like I'm, he's, my, he's my younger brother. He's my, my, my brother-in-law, and I'm just trying to keep my cool, but I can't. Like I'm super competitive. You ever played sports with me? Like I'm not going to let you win easily. Like uh, I don't even know if I'll let you win, like ever, ever. My kids like cry. Like, I, mean, I make an August cry because we're racing to the car, and I'm just smoking them, right? So, so Dwayne, he's about to take the lead. Now, now he literally has one more three to make, and uh, he takes the ball out, and he tries to dribble to the side, and he's like, looks like it's, he's about to shoot up. He's like, looks like it's game over, but he's like, looks like it's game over. Remember I told you the, the, the court was really sticky? He takes a step, and the guy slips and, and like, it's so sticky that he doesn't even slide on the basketball court. He just gets stuck to the basketball court and he's moving so fast. I'm not even kidding. He scorpion kicks himself in the back of the head. <laughs> I got the ball. I made a layup and won. <laughs> Celebrating too soon before you win. Sometimes I feel like God wants his children to celebrate the victory before they can see it. I believe we serve a God who promises his children victory before we can even see it, and his command to us is to celebrate. You see, the world understands this methodology of, of you better, you dare not celebrate anything until it's in your possession. My mom used to say, you don't count on money you don't have. Uh, she used to say also that, that you don't count your chickens before they hatch. But can, can I just give you a, a theological principle? If the Lord says you can count these chickens before they hatch, you can put your faith that they will hatch. Because the Lord, when he says something, it comes to pass. When he says you can celebrate a victory even though the situation looks grim, you can celebrate the victory because the Lord never lies. And in Isaiah chapter 54, we see that the nation of Israel is presented in this situation, this moment where, 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 where God commands them to celebrate, but when they were to look at their, their actual disposition and where they found themselves in history, there was really no reason, no, no logical reason for them to celebrate. You see, at this time, Israel was held bound and captive by the nation of Assyria. And Assyria had them exiled out of their nation. They had no reason to celebrate, and yet the Lord is speaking that there is coming a day where he will deliver them, and that if they start celebrating now, as if they've already been set free, that that is going to happen. Let's read Isaiah chapter 54. I believe there's some of us in this place who are waiting for proof of the victory before we celebrate. And I believe this Vision Sunday, the Lord is telling you and this church that we celebrate before we see anything. Isaiah 54, starting in verse one, we're gonna read just these three verses. It says this, shout for joy, O barren women, or O barren woman, who bears no children. Break forth into song and cry aloud, you who have never travailed. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Let's, let's pause there and recognize what the Lord, the, what we would consider the foolishness, the paradox of that statement. He's saying, hey, barren woman, the woman who cannot conceive, the woman who cannot have children, I want you to start celebrating because greater are the children you will have than the woman who has a husband. And I don't know if you ever studied the, the book of Isaiah, but Isaiah is, is, is known in the Old Testament to be the, the one prophet that delivers the most illustration, who uses the most hyperbole. So in this illustration, barren woman is, in, is indicative or symbolic of the entire nation of Israel. Israel had nothing to celebrate. Um, in fact, at that point, they were exiled. They were no longer living in Israel. They, they, they weren't, I'm, I'm assuming they weren't allowed to conceive children and to possess the land because what, what oppressors would do is if they 
took a nation captive and they brought them to their kingdom, they would say, hey, we don't want you to have a ton of children because there will be another generation that will rise up and you will overcome. So, so we are suppressing your ability to reproduce. And the Lord is saying, hey, you barren Israel, I want you to do something. I want you to celebrate because even though you seem like you can't reproduce, I'm about to do something great in you. I'm about to bring something you've never seen before. And the Lord is speaking this incredible word. He is saying, shout for joy because greater or more are the children of you, Israel, than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Verse two, enlarge the site of your tent. Everybody say enlarge. Enlarge the site of your tent. Now he's telling them to make preparations for that celebration. Enlarge the site of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your stakes deep, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess the nations and inhabit the desolate cities. The Lord was speaking to Israel, saying, you may be bound up now, but my word is as good as gold, and I'm telling you, there is coming a day where you will be delivered. Listen, friend, to the one who has been working and working and working and trying to find that job and it hasn't been, been coming together, I believe that in the spiritual realm, the Lord is saying, declaring this message, this Vision Sunday to our church saying, I want you to understand something, that, that breakthrough is on its way. To the one whose marriage has been on the rocks, I believe the Lord is saying this, to start celebrating what he's going to do in the future because it is coming. The Lord's desire is to bring breakthrough. He wants to bring victory. And if we would just open up our eyes and not do what the world says, as the world says, like, you celebrate when it, once it's in your hands, once you can see evidence of that, the Lord is saying, I want to see your faith, and I want to see you celebrate before you can even see it, because I have spoken that it is coming. Listen, I don't, know, I don't care what this church has seen in years past. The Lord is saying this, I'm going to do something big in this church. You better start celebrating as if it's already happening. God's desire is to do powerful things in us and through us, to see things that this church, this community, this city, your marriage, your, your, your neighborhood has never seen before. And his command, his mandate to us is to start celebrating as if it's already here. To start celebrating. You see, Israel previously had decided to step away from relationship with God. The reason why they were taken captive by Assyria is because they decided to, to no longer love the Lord and, and worship him the way that he, he asked them and that, that he delivered them. Like they, they stopped serving the God that saved them. Isaiah chapter one, verses two to four tells us this. The Lord is speaking. He says this, the children I raise, this is their, their indictment. This is the Lord's indictment against Israel. He says this, the children I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner, and a donkey recognizes its master's care, but Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. Oh, what a sinful nation they are, loaded down with a burden of guilt. They are an evil people, corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. So what did the Lord do? He removed his hand of protection. He removed his hand of protection and allowed another nation to come in and take him over and take him to a place that was worse than what it was under the protection of the hand of Almighty God. But this is about the most beautiful thing I've ever read. You may feel like you're in that place right now where maybe you've turned your back on God and he's maybe moved, removed his hand of protection and you, you're like, man, my, my life is just getting worse and worse and worse and I'm, I'm going down these rabbit trails and I, and I can't seem to get out of this. But did you know this? The Lord doesn't wait for you to come back to him. He goes to you and he's knocking on that door saying, open up. We see this even in Isaiah. Look what the Lord says, Isaiah 54 verses five through it. He's, he's speaking this over Israel. Even though they, in their insolence, turned their back on God and they wanted nothing to do with him, he says this, for your creator, he's speaking about himself, me, God, the one who's created you will be your husband. The, Lord's of, the Lord of heaven's army is his name. 
He is your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you back from your grief as though you were a young wife abandoned by her husband. And by the way, the Lord didn't abandon them. They abandoned the Lord, and the Lord said, I'll let you go. Verse 7, for a brief moment, I abandoned you, but with great compassion, with great compassion, I will take you back. And in a burst of anger, I turned my face for a little while, but with everlasting love. What does everlasting mean? It means means eternal. The Lord's eternal love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Listen, today you may not be physically barren, but maybe you feel like your God-given dreams and ambitions have not seen the life God promised them. Perhaps you too started out faithful, but after some time, you fell back into faithlessness and sin. Or maybe you have been feeling neglected, shut away, silenced, or overlooked by God. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God's command to us is to celebrate because victory is around the corner. To open up your mouths and give the celebration before you even see it in your hands. The Lord promises us that our feelings of powerlessness and unproductiveness will not be permanently, but only short-lived. Today, the Lord declares this promise over you. If you have, haven't been able to get that job, that promotion, that grade that the Lord has been promising, if you've been feeling like God dropped you on the side of the road, God is on his way. You know, maybe you feel like the, the kid who's, whose father promised them, hey, after school today, I'm going to pick you up, and we're going go to go to Six Flags Great America. I've been there. Okay, let, let, me, just, let me just tell you the story. Okay, where your dad's like, hey, I'm going to pick you up, and we're going to go do something. And, and then after school, you're just sitting on the side of the curb, just waiting for your dad to come. And guess what? You see your friends get picked up. They're going home. The teachers are locking up. The principal's leaving, and you're just still sitting on the side of the road. This is hitting a little too close to home for me. And you're just waiting and dad doesn't show up. Maybe you have been feeling like, like God, where are you? You told me that, 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 you, that you would bring this. You, you told me that you would provide. You told me that, that this, this dream is yours, God. I, I didn't muster up this, this idea. It was given to me by, by you, and yet here I am 20, 30 years later, and, and it still hasn't happened. God, what, what, what's going on? Maybe you're about to throw in that towel, but can I just say this? When the Lord makes a promise His word does not return void. When the Lord gives you a promise, you can bet on it. You can go to that bank and say, I'm cashing this in because it is worth something. The Lord's word never returns void. So don't give up. Do not give. Do not lose hope. God has not forgotten you. See, one thing I've learned, I was studying the the book of, of Joshua and you guys remember that part when, when the Lord tells the children of Israel to, to march around Jericho? The, the, the city of Jericho was, was a, man, it was a, a fortress. It was not something that, that people could easily break down. Um, they, some even say that their walls were about 400 feet high. Like there was no way anybody, no army could have broken through the, the city of Jericho, especially not the wandering homeless people known as Israel. But the Lord spoke to them. And in Joshua chapter 6, he tells them this, I have given you the city. And they're not even at the city yet. They can see the city in a distance. And the Lord says this, I have given you that city. All you have to do is obediently march around that six times for six days. And on the seventh day, when you march around it, as you complete it, the trumpet will sound and I want you all to shout. Now, we read this, and we kind of have a hindsight bias because we know the stories. Maybe you heard about it in kids' church, and you, you do Jericho marches, and you sing in the songs. But, but can we put ourselves in the position of, of, of the nation of Israel, where they've seen God do things in the past, and now they're standing before 400-foot walls, and the Lord is saying, I'm going to give you this city. And do you ever realize how things get bigger the closer you get to them? Right? Maybe the Lord gave you a promise that in the future he's going to do this, and, and the closer you get to that day, you're like, oh my goodness, God, this is, this is terrifying. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but you know what? No problem, no obstacle can ever, ever put a dent on the size of our God. Our God's way bigger. So they show up to Jericho, and they begin to march. Day one, nothing happens. Day two, nothing happens. Three, four, five, six, nothing is happening. On day seven, they circle and I could just imagine, like, we may think that their faith is building up, but if you did something for seven days, 
and it wasn't producing results, well, they, don't they say that, that madness, the definition of madness is doing the same thing, expecting different results? Well, they're doing the same thing, but here's the thing. God calls us to be obedient. God calls us to be submitted to him. When it looks ridiculous, stepping out and walking in obedience is called faith. It's called faith. And you know what happened on that seventh day? When they marched and they, they began to shout, the trumpet sounded and all of them are, are, are screaming. You know what I, I always thought? I always thought it, that it was the, the, the sound waves of their voices, their collective voices, kind of did a sonic boom and it knocked a hole in the wall and then it all came tumbling down. But you know what? That's not true. It was their celebration. It was their faith, their belief and their trust in God that knocked those walls down. When the Lord said, I, this is going to come to pass and their belief in that, it was their celebration their shouts of triumph that brought in that victory. Notice, it wasn't until after they began celebrating and, 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 and shouting in triumph, it wasn't until after that happened that the walls came down. The Lord gives us a mandate today to start celebrating before we see the victory. He did it. He's doing it to Isaiah, and now he's doing it to us. Listen, friends, listen to this. Your ability to celebrate the victory before you see it is based on faith. But God's invitation for us to celebrate the victory before we see it is based on his faithfulness. Because he's trustworthy. Because we can believe that he is gonna bring things to pass. Look what the scriptures say. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24 says this. The one who calls you is, what is that word? Faithful. And he will do it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 13, if we are faithless, he remains, for he cannot deny himself. Our God is faithful, 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 faithful. Say it with me, faithful. Come on. God's desire, if, if he says we can celebrate before we see it, we should be celebrating. In Easter, on Easter Sunday, we are going to open up this facility, and I am believing that that is just going to be the beginning of what God desires to do in this church so that he can get the glory. God wants to reach this city, and he wants to do it through us. The same way that he was telling Isaiah, Isaiah to the nation of Israel through Isaiah that I want you guys to celebrate because the victory is on the way. If you feel like you're a barren woman, just hold on because great will be your children, more than those that have a husband. Just hold on and celebrate. Look at, look at this thing. So, so in verse 2 in Isaiah 54, the Lord moves from a command to celebrate to a command to prepare. Listen, it's great to celebrate. It's great to shout, for tri- shout triumphantly, but the Lord also calls us to make preparations. So it's just celebrating alone doesn't bring the victory. Celebration partnered with preparation brings the victory. So look look what happens here. In verse 2, the Lord gives a command. He says, I want you to enlarge the site of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your stakes deep. Five imperative verbs are given. Enlarge the site of your tent. Now, do we have any campers in this place? Anybody, anybody ever go camping? Um, camping's awesome. I love it. Um, I got fun stories, but never mind. Well, I'll share them over a campfire someday. So enlarging the side of your tent. For us, it's very difficult to enlarge a tent because um, you buy it, and it really doesn't enlarge unless it has a zipper that opens up and allows it to enlarge, right? The only way they could enlarge tents in Israel's time, in this ancient Near Eastern time, was to sew on new materials, to take something that has already existed, to take, usually it was goat skin, to take the goat skin and to attach it to the tent, and that is how they would enlarge it. Now, the Lord is speaking to them while they're still in bondage. Could you just imagine how foolish this looks? They're like, I guess I'm enlarging my, my, my tent. I, I've got no children. No one's in my house, but, but I'm enlarging this tent because the Lord is telling me to make preparations before I see the need for it. I'm, I guess I'm enlarging this tent now. Uh, 
uh, stretch out the curtains. Oh, I guess I'm stretching out the curtains to, to build walls so that we can have protection in this place and uh, making these preparations. Then the Lord says this, do not hold back. You know what do not hold back means in the Hebrew? It means this, spare no expense. Spare no expense. As a church, I believe 2018 for us were those three things. We enlarged the site of our tent. We stretched out the curtains, and you better believe we spared no expense. I get nightmares. I'm like, oh, Jesus, how are you going to... But this Blessed Life series, we've seen the Lord do incredible things. Since the beginning of the Blessed Life series, we've seen a 25% increase in our tithes and offerings. You know, I was really hesitant about sharing this story, but, but I, I just feel that the Lord wants me to. There was an individual, when they knew that we were going to do this building campaign, this individual was the, the, the highest giver in our church for over 26 years. When they knew that we were going to do, do this campaign, he came to me, met with me, and said, hey, pastor, um, if, if you go ahead and take out a loan, um, we, we will not come to this church. Now, listen, I, I, I follow Dave Ramsey's. Dave, Dave Ramsey, he's the best, right? I, I really do love Dave Ramsey. My wife and I, we try to tackle all debt. But when the Lord said, I, I, I want you to take out that loan and, and to step out in faith and, sh- and see that I will provide the income for this, that I will, I will make a way, um, you better trust the Lord. But when the highest tither in the church comes to you and says, hey, if you take out a loan, we're leaving, do you know what that does to faith? It makes it difficult. I told this individual, listen, I, I love you. Thank you for all of your support. But the Lord is calling us to do this, and, and, I, and I need to be faithful. Well, you know what happened? We're about to celebrate this tonight at our annual business meeting. But our 2018 income was $72,000 more than it was the year before. $72,000 more than the year before. And, and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus or, 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 or making, like, I'm just saying, when the Lord tells us to do something, we are faithful. If it goes against all logic and reason, we are faithful. When he tells us to celebrate, when it looks like there's nothing to celebrate, we celebrate. We make preparations too. We enlarge the tent. We've done that. We, we, we've stretched out the curtains of our dwelling place. We've done that. We, we didn't spare any expense. We, we've done that. We lengthen our ropes. You know, the only way to lengthen a rope is to tie another piece of rope. Like, it just, unless you're a magician, you can't make rope longer. So they, they, they were making all these preparations. But here is, is what I believe the Lord is speaking to us this Vision Sunday. He is saying this. The fifth one, drive your stakes deep. Out of every single one of those five imperative verbs, it's only the last one that does not get a new addition. What do I mean by that? Like I said, when you enlarge the tent, you add goatskin. When you stretch out the curtains, you add material. When you, when you do not hold back, when you, you're adding finances, you're, you're not sparing any expenses, you're, you're spending more. When you lengthen your rope, you're tying rope onto rope. But you know what? He says, drive your stakes deeper. He doesn't say, get new stakes. And as I began to pray on this, just pray about this passage, the Lord was clearly revealing to me that in this season, this 2019, how do we drive our stakes deeper? Who who are the stakes? Friends, I'm here to tell you that the stakes of this church are you and I. And the reason why the stakes need to go deeper, because the, the present position that they were in could not support the increase that God wanted to bring. And I'm here to say this, that, that God wants to bring increase in 2019, both in, in your life personally and in this church collectively. God wants to bring increase in every, every shape and form. He wants to see multitudes come and bow their knee to the name of Jesus. He wants to see those who do not know God, who are far from him to come to know him. And he wants to use you and he wants to use this church. But the only way we can support the increase God wants to bring is if we drive the 10 stakes deeper. The 10 stakes don't change, they go deeper. And how do they go deeper? What, what does he mean by going deeper? I began to pray about that. God, you, you want me to go deeper. 
You want the the individuals that call this church home to go deeper so that we can support what you're trying to do in this church. Listen, can I just say this? That good preaching and good worship attracts people, but it is people that keep people. Like, Like someone will come and listen to good preaching and good worship for maybe like a month or two, but what's gonna sustain them and root them is gonna be relationship, growth, refinement of character, discipleship. You play a purpose in that. And I don't want to just attract people to this church. I want to make disciples. So the Lord wants to bring increase, but the only way we can do that is if we go deeper. How do we go deeper? I've got three ways that we go deeper as a church in 2019. I'm going to break this up even further tonight. I'm going to give the how, but really quickly, I just want to say this. The Lord gave me three ways that we go deeper. The first one is this, show up show up. Listen, as, as the person who the Lord holds accountable for the nourishment of your soul, can I just say this? We need to gather together as a church. Pew Research in 2018 said this, that the average churchgoer attends church 1.6 times a month, a significant decrease from just five years prior, which was 2.2. Now, hear my heart. I'm not trying to create churchgoers. I'm trying to make disciples. And disciples of Jesus go to church. Like, I I can't keep up with the entertainment that you can find in other places. But it is only when we resolve in our hearts that I, I need to be here. My family needs to be here. The first way we go deeper as a church is by showing up. The Lord wants to bring increase, but we got to show up. We got we to be here. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says this, and let us consider how we may spur, everybody say spur, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. This word spur is exactly what we, what we think about. You know, when, whenever you'd see a, a, a rider, a horse rider, how they would dig the spur into the side of the, of the, her, the horse, not to hurt it, but to oh, bring some alert and say, oh, I, I got I to get going. The Lord is that rider, and he's trying to spur us along, saying, come on, let's go. He wants us to do that mutually to one another, saying, let's go. We got we got love. We have people to love. We've got things to do. We have good deeds to accomplish. And he says this, verse 25, and not giving up meeting together. Say that with me. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Listen, I know it's a habit. It's, it's easy to fall into this place of complacency where church attendance becomes optional. And if I've ever given the impression that church attendance is just something we do, I apologize. I repent of that. But in 2019, I know, friends, that God wants to bring increase, that he wants to see his children saved, that he wants a, 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 an expression of heaven, all nations, all, all colors, all demographics, uh, broken homes and people to come together and find healing in the name of Jesus through this house. And if I've ever given the impression that, you're, that your attendance can be just, just this, I, I apologize, but, but can I say with love in my heart that, that we need to go deeper and we need to show up and we need to be committed? We need to show up. The second thing we need to do is this. So show up. How how do we drive our tent stakes deeper? The first one is show up. The second one is this. Play hard. How many of you know showing up is just half the battle? If you just show up to the gym and you don't lift anything, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. But I was there. I showed up. You got to play hard. And I'm here to tell you, the Lord is saying, if we are going to go deeper as a church, if we are going to drive these tent stakes deeper, showing up, yes, but play hard. How do we play hard? Man, we pray. Listen, Wednesday night prayer isn't, it shouldn't be optional. To me, honestly, I believe the Lord is saying that Wednesday night prayer is more important than what happens on the weekends. Because in that place of prayer, we are making room for the Lord to do something in our hearts on the weekend. Pray, pray, pray. The Daniel fast is not an option. If you are someone who's saying, I'm, I'm driving my stakes into this church, the Daniel fast is not an option. We need to all be praying and fasting. Going deeper, going deeper. We pray. What else do we do? 
We serve. Our church in the first quarter of the year has had 450 people uh, come to this. That's great. 450 individual people come to this church. That's awesome. But out of that 450, only 120 serve. That's 26%. Friends, I believe that that, that may work for the size of church that we are now, but as we enlarge our, the side of our tent, as we stretch out the curtains, the Lord is saying, we need to do better. We need to go deeper. If you aren't serving, if you're not serving yet, maybe it just no one's asked you. I get it. Like, no one's just going to say, hey, give me a T-shirt. Like, very rarely is everyone going to say, give me a T-shirt, put me at a door. Like, that's, that's like, that's like maybe one or two people's personality types, but that's not everybody. I understand some of us are introverts and and maybe you're just waiting for the the invitation. Let me say, I'm sorry if I've never given you an invitation, but here's that invitation. We need to go deeper. If this is your first, second, third time at the church and and listen, you, you serve. Join a serve team. Listen, it is only in the place of service that true discipleship happens. When you serve, you are creating an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move and to grow you deeper. Service is important. So serve, serve, serve. Join a serve team. Uh, Jacob, is, is Jacob Schlittenhardt in this place? Jacob, where are you at? Jacob's probably taking a picture. There he is, Jacob. Jacob, can you stand up real quick? Jacob is, uh, give, give Jacob a hand. Jacob, you can sit down. Jacob is our, some of you, you guys are so great. I said, give him a hand. You have no idea why you're, okay, you can stop. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Jacob is our first impressions. Uh, he's leading up our first impressions team. And uh, he has some, some, man, some dreams and ambitions. You'll hear some of that tonight at our annual business meeting. But he's got some, like, the first impressions training that we're having. That was his idea. His, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of vision. I'm excited to partner with him and see what the Lord's going to do through that. But um, if you want to serve Go meet him. He's got some, some great things. Um, we have some great numbers and metrics that we're trying to hit with that. And we need people. Serve, serve, serve. That's how we play hard. And the third thing is this. Ready? So the first one was show up. The second one was play hard. And the third is this. Don't quit. Commit. Friends, it's easy in society. Can, can I just say something very blunt? We are living in a culture of quitters. We are living in a culture of quitters. Like there, there's people, if, if, if they don't like something, and I'm not even just talking in church, I'm talking in relationships, I'm talking in friendships. I'm, like it, it's too easy to quit, but the Lord is saying if we are gonna drive our tent stakes deeper, if we're gonna go places we've never done, if we're gonna uh, do things we've never done or go places we've, we've, we've never been before, we need to go deeper. And one way we do is, is to commit to commit. And how do we commit in the church? Yes, it's saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to serve. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, be a generous tither. I'm going to uh, join a serve team. And it, it, listen, one way that we commit as the body of Christ is through a thing called membership. This Vision Sunday, I, I felt like I had to repent of something before the Lord. I used to think as ministry partnership or membership is just something silly, like like, how many of you know that when you get saved, you are a member of the body of Christ? Praise God. Like, like you, you are instantly a member of the body of Christ. You don't have to sign on the dotted line. The moment you give your life to Jesus, he gives you a reception. You are in the family. Praise the Lord. So I always used to say, so we don't need membership. It's not, it's not necessary. It's the body of Christ. But here's one thing I've realized three years later in this, in this role as, as lead pastor Three years after that, I started realizing, man, people are getting saved and baptized, but, but they're not sticking. Like, like our front door is wide open. We, we do a great job of extending belonging, but we do too good of a job because that back door is just as, 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 as big. And people are coming in and coming out, and Lord, I'm starting to realize that that membership is important. And the more I began to read the word of God, I started reading passages like, like Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, where I know this might sound a little self-serving, but listen to what this says. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. I am not profiting in your life 
I am not bringing any type of addition into your life if I am not holding you accountable. And one way that we hold ourselves accountable is by submitting to the leadership that God has placed over us. By not fighting that, because the world does that. The the world is anti-establishment, anti-authority. But the kingdom of God says this, you are pro-God if you learn to humbly submit yourself one to another. So I had to repent before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I've been teaching false teaching and I had a, a false worldview. I, I got to take this serious. Listen, I want to do a better job as a pastor. And anybody that says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to consider myself a ministry partner, they're, they're saying a couple things. They're saying this, this is the place where I'm going deeper. This is the place where, where I'm submitting to. This is the vision that I'm falling under. Does everybody still belong? You better believe it. But now I know as the pastor who the individuals are in the church that are going to be on the front lines fighting with me, that see the vision. They're like, we're dying for this because Jesus is coming. We've got such a, a, just a a poise of, of, of action. We're in this, pastor. No man is called to, to save the world alone. It is the body of Christ. It is our job. So friend, if you have not been a ministry partner, I would love nothing more than at this annual business meeting tonight from 5 to 7 p.m. to welcome you as you submit yourself to the authority and leadership that God has placed over you. Now, does that mean I'm going to call you and say, hey, no, listen, this is just you saying, I'm in. I'm in. I'm I'm going deeper. You can count on me to support the increase God is trying to bring in this body. Can we just... Can we just do something? Can, I, just, I just want to pray over us as we conclude this time together. Father, thank you so much. Lord, we know that you are calling us this Vision Sunday to do, do things, to celebrate the victory before we see it in our hands, and to drive our tent stakes deeper. You're calling us to, to show up, to play hard to not quit, but commit. So Father, I I just pray over every soul under the sound of my voice this afternoon that we would have everybody say, Pastor, I'm in. God, you've already enlarged our tent. We've spared no expense. We've been obedient. We're, We're literally lapping our own Jericho. We're, we're on lap five and six, and, and we know that this year we're, we're going to get to seven, and we're celebrating what you're about to do, that you want to bring increase in our lives personally, increase in, in our marriages, increase in our studies, increase in our place of employment, increase in every aspect. But you call us to go deeper. You call us to go deeper, God, to support what you're trying to do. I want to speak to a specific group with every eye closed, every head bowed. Listen, you you may say, Pastor, I'm not a member of this body. In fact, I didn't even know that there was a way to become one. If that's the case, I'm sorry, I didn't do an adequate job, I promise we're going to do better in the future of promoting membership, taking that serious. But if you feel in your heart today that, man, this is where I want to put roots. This is where I want to hitch my wagon. This is where I want to drive those 10 stakes deeper to support the work God wants to do in this place. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If, if that is you, I'm going to ask you to do something bold because 2019 is going to be a bold year. If that is your declaration, I want you to stand to your feet. Amen. 2019, we're going deeper. If that's you, stand to your feet. People are standing all around this place. Now, if, you've already, if you're already a member of this body, if you've been committed, if you've been, if you've been seeing so much happening every year after year after year, if, if you're saying, I want, I want to go deeper, if that is you will, you, will you stand to your feet as well? We're going deeper. We're going deeper. We're going deeper. Yes, God. We are driving these tent stakes deep.
And if you're in your seat this morning and you're saying, you know what, pastor, I'm not, I'm not fully aware, but I'm just going to open up my heart and see what the Lord desires to do. And I don't know where I lay right now or where, where I'm standing right now, but, but I'm going to trust him. I want to see him do something in my life. If that is your desire, will you stand as well? Friends, can we lift up our hands in this place? God, you know us. You know every single one of us better than we know ourselves. Father, we pray that this year, this Vision Sunday, will begin an incredible increase that you're trying to do in us and through us, that we would love deeper, that we would care for one another deeper, that we would submit to you in greater ways that we would, yes, extend belonging to those who are new to this church, but, but we would do a better job of, of ensuring to love and care for the ones already in our possession. Father, we want to go deeper. You want to bring increase. Father, we repent of any self-ambition, any motives that, that are ulterior to the ones that you desire for us. It's about you, Jesus, and it always has been and it always will be. Father, bring the increase. And we promise to celebrate before we see the victory. That we will demonstrate our faith. That we will show up. That we will play hard. And that we will not quit, but commit to what you're doing in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Guys, this is just the beginning. 2019, the Lord is going to do some great things. Tonight at Vision Sunday, 5 to 7 p.m., I'd love to see you there. If you are not a member or a ministry partner yet and you want more information, if, you, if you're like not even sure, you're like, Pastor, I serve. Listen, just because you serve doesn't mean you're a ministry partner. Um, you have to have filled out one of these ministry partnership cards. At the end of service, here's my challenge to you, my, my, my next step for you. Check the roster. See if you're a ministry partner. If you do not see your name there, take this card, fill it out, and turn it in before you leave. Why? Because as soon as we say amen, uh, the elders are, and I are going to meet. We're going to go through this list. We're going to pray over every single individual, and we will accept them by Vision Sunday tonight from 5 to 7. Do you have to be present in order to be? No, you don't have to be present. But listen, if you're driving your tent stakes deeper and you don't show up to Vision Sunday, you're not in the dirt. So come to Vision Sunday, all right? Guys, God bless you. Man, I, I can't wait. See you tonight. We're going to get really specific and celebrate the things that God has done and is doing. I love you guys. We'll see you tonight, 5 to 7 o'clock. Child care provided. See ya.